Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. There will be spoilers for the episode we're discussing and past episode episodes, but no spoilers for future episodes. Uh, fully determined to find drugs on at least one of my students, I'm Harrison. And I'm Jason, and as far as attempts to uh, recreate the famous scene from Mission Impossible, this episode... Not that great. (laughs) But speaking of which, Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Oh, we're watching season three, episode 19, Choices. Uh, This is the one where people have to make choices uh, about where they're going to go to college, about whether they're going to rescue Willow, um, about whether they're going to call their sister Arlene and brag about where their daughter's going to college. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Choices was written by my man David Fury and directed by James A. Contner and originally aired May 4th, 1999. May the 4th be with you, Buffy. May the 4th be with you. Uh, So, Jason, what are you drinking this week? Harrison, I am drinking the first drink out of a new bottle of Glenlivet single malt scotch whiskey. Oh, oh my. This is is a double barrel, which means that it was actually aged in both European and American barrels. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I've had a pretty rough weekend, uh, but I'm also trying to... Be, be healthier, work out all the time, and so I'm trying to limit alcohol consumption in general, but I did want to finally give this a try, and I figured what better place than booze and buffy. Well, I, I agree. Uh, I am drinking a gin and tonic. I've got ah, some... Ah, a classic Harrison drink. Uh, yes, classic. I've got some uh, Tanqueray uh, and then tonic water and a, and a lime, and I'm drinking it out of one of my nice glasses because um, oh, oh. I thought this uh, I thought this episode deserved a nice glass. A, a nice glass for a nice episode. Yeah. Um, so is it my it's my turn to make a toast. Um, I believe so. We had a system, and then we to- we <laughs> then we got it all fucked up. But uh, I, I think whenever um because we always ask our guests to do the host or yeah. to do to do the toast. <laughs> and uh Sometimes I ask the guest to do the host. It just depends on who the guest is. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a little awkward with uh, Grace as the guest, but um, but the uh, but yeah, like whenever they come on, then like it throws it off shakes. our yeah. So it's clearly Grace's fault. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, uh, okay, uh, here's to uh, here's to deciding where to go to college. Um, this episode was slightly triggering for me in that regard. Um, <laughs> Jason knows I had a, uh, and I'll probably talk about it at some point on here. Um, I had a uh, an interesting journey of college admissions. Um, and but hey, you made it and you got your degree. I did. So. It, it, yeah, I got there eventually, and uh, you know things worked out for me. I think so. Um, so yes, here's to uh, here's to college admissions. Here's to uh, all of you out there who are in that process right now. Uh, Godspeed. 
Yeah. Well, actually, I think college is just starting right now, so um, it's not really That's the true. admissions, but but yeah, but when, I, wherever you are in your journey, Godspeed. There's definitely those uh, those students who are already the beginning of senior year, working on their uh, their uh, you know early admissions and whatnots. How is it? Is it good? Uh, di- oh yeah, it's like no, I'm just realizing the last time I had scotch was probably back when I had my apartment. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just like scotch can be a little pricey. Yeah, and. Uh, with all the other things I've had to buy for the house, a bottle of scotch wasn't exactly the priority. Um, but yeah, it's like, I'm not saying that I, I technically bought the scotch before the weekend got rough. So <laughs> luckily it was just kind of there sitting in its nice little box. And nice. I'm like, all right, it, I, I'm, I'm ready for this. <laughs> but no, it's it's very good. Um, nice. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a fruity flavor to it, which I mean, they said with the box that it would have. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not too used to scotch, but it actually kind of makes it a little bit smoother too. So yeah, I don't know that I've ever, ever drank any sort of like whiskey or scotch or anything like that that's, um, like kind of fruity. That's interesting. It's very subtle though. Mm-hmm. That's good. I feel like that could like, get overwhelming quickly if it's not yeah done well. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Fo- it's not like bourbon. It doesn't like. Uh, it doesn't focus on the sweet a lot. So I think that's why. Whenever I ask like bourbon drinkers to drink scotch with me, they're like, <laughs> but I actually prefer scotch over bourbon, which is a sin in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> so this is me living rejected. Living uh, <laughs> sin is sin is fun. So um, speaking of sin, um, <laughs> nice the two carrot segue. <laughs> The um, the two characters that I mentioned uh, had a presence last week but weren't in the episode at all come back in full force in this episode. Oh yeah! As as the uh, mayor has bought a nice little present and a plate of cookies yeah. for Faith. Um, the cookies are cute. Uh, this knife looks terrifying. It's like <laughs> it's like one of those knives. It's got so many like edges and shit. That it's gonna, you know, it's gonna do a fuck ton of damage, uh, just as much damage coming out as going in. Uh, also, I have to say, it's 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 kind of subtle in this part. It's subtle in this part of the episode, but uh, I think we see a, this episode. We see a little bit of the mayor's bad side, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the demonic side. I'm talking about ruffling his feathers, which. Is actually kind of scarier than the demon side of him. A little bit. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, because at this point, like, uh, Faith kind of gives him crap for, uh, oh, I have to go pick something up at the airport. What next? I have to help one of your friends move a sofa. <laughs> and uh, I think that annoys him just a little bit. It definitely does. Um, um, he yeah, calls her, like, spoiled, doesn't she? Doesn't he? Y- yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, it's when you see... When you see somebody who is almost always in a fairly good mood, mm-hmm. chipper, it it makes whenever you see them the opposite of that just yeah. completely off-putting. And I think the most off-putting example of that is in the first Lord of the Rings movie when uh, Bil- the aging Bilbo tries to it's grab for the ring from Frodo. Very upsetting. Oh, um, it is. Oh, my God. Um, 
So I just noticed on the wiki that the knife has its own wiki page. So I clicked on it. Um, and I love this. Faith Lahane's knife uh, <laughs> has its own wiki page. Yeah. Uh, um, and here's a little behind the scenes that I'm learning by reading this. Uh, the knife was designed by Kit Ray for Gil Hibben in 1998 and released in 1999 under the name Jackal. According to the DVD extras, it was chosen randomly out of a catalog. The same knife is also used in the film Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, yeah. Um, what, like, uh, Shinzon uses it. Is that Tom Hardy? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. Um, nice. I mean, I never would have put those two together. Um, but uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I just thought it was so funny that this this particular knife has its own uh, page on the wiki. But um, I, I do think it's a pretty iconic knife. Like I, when I think about like specific weapons characters use in the series, this knife is well, important. I, so like my T-shirt that we've mentioned a couple of times about the uh, mm-hmm. the, the peanuts one, Buffy gang. Yeah, the peanuts one. Faith is actually holding this knife. Ah, uh, yes. So. Yeah, so it, it's a, it's iconic in many a way. Yeah, well, I wonder uh, I wonder what sort of shenanigans that knife will get up to in the future. We shall see. Yeah, we we will. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the mayor has a great line. A, another another great line from the mayor, though not the best line in this episode. That comes much later. <laughs> but uh, uh, Mayor Wilkins says, "Like now, you be careful and don't poke anybody's eyes out with that." Until I tell you to. <laughs> As he wraps up the cookies for her to take with her. Yep. And, um, yeah, no, it's so great. And, and, uh, good dad. obviously Faith, yeah, obviously Faith is getting super pumped. He's like, oh, any eyes in particular? Which then shifts to Buffy and Angel fighting in, uh, in where else? The cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, they slay some vampires, and Buffy has a line where she says, um, well, that's something you don't see every day, unless, you know, you're me. Um, <laughs> and, um, they have a, they have a discussion that's, um, that's interesting about how Buffy's feeling, um, like their relationship has maybe gotten a little, um, stale. stale. This is really all they do together, is fight <laughs> evil. Um... And I, it's 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 interesting. It's something I feel like Buffy and Angel's relationship has been really weirdly written this season. I think that's I think it's twofold. I think it is um, as we discussed earlier. They didn't originally probably didn't originally plan on him being in the season, so had to kind of fit him in. Um, but also they were planning on, um, eventually writing him out of the series, um, to go star on his own show. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's weird that we had like, like this sort of semi breakup, um, a couple weeks ago after, um... After Honestly, there've been a couple. There've been a couple of semi breakups this season. Yeah, and then they're um, back together without any kind of real explanation, and it, it, it's weird. It but you like, know, you know, I know at least one person in my life that has definitely done that. Like they've done the whole breakup and get back together true. thing, um, and uh, you know, we're just kind of like, 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Whichever you got, yeah. whatever you guys are in the mood for this week. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it's just weird. I feel like we never got to see the get back together. The last I feel like the last we checked in on Buffy and Angel's relationship, they were still in kind of a off holding pattern. And then now we're in we're in a rut. And I, I for me, I was like, whoa, that was really jarring from like <laughs> what what you guys have been in before. But um, uh, honestly, at this point, anything really kind of goes with them. Yeah. Just how <laughs> how that relationship status has changed since, you know, Angel came back from hell and even even going further back since uh, since Angel lost his soul. Yeah. So, um, yeah. they, uh, I do like Angel's line though, where he's like, oh, well, we fought those like fire demons in that cave on the beach. I thought that was a nice change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's very well written to the point where like, oh, it's like a regular couple talking about their relationship going stale, but you know, with monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it does provide some really nice foreshadowing and context. Uh, for what the mayor says to them at yeah, the end of not, the episode. Yeah, kind of a... It, it was kind of a, a weird blow, but I mean, it, probably an effective blow that uh, that the mayor th- dished out at them. Yeah, uh, well, what, what makes it so effective, I think, is I don't think he's wrong. Like, obviously... He's not. Obviously, what he's saying is kind of cruel, but um, I, I don't... You know, I, there's going to be another scene in next week's episode um, where, without spoiling anything, a character will kind of question the um, um, the, the uh, what's a word that means something will work out the <laughs> I, the the longevity. The longevity. Thank you. That's not that's not quite the word that I was on the tip of my tongues, but it does my tongues, my tongue, my one singular tongue. <laughs> Um, but it works, yeah. Qu- a character will question the longevity of this relationship, uh, the trajectory of this relationship, there and you go. Um, it. And once again, I'm in the place where I think the character is right. Um, so, um, yeah, I just I think that's the, where Buffy and Angel are right now. Um, I think is very interesting, even though I feel like we've skipped a couple steps to get there. Well, we are kind of down to our last handful of episodes. True, so. true, true, true. But I, I, I like I like the exchange at the very least. Um, but then we uh, go to Buffy in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joyce says, oh, Buffy, did you think I wouldn't find out? <laughs> and Buffy immediately assumes that she that Joyce knows that she stole her earrings. <laughs> And I love how she's taking him off, and she's like, "Sorry, I didn't think you'd care." Like, <laughs> but but Joyce then says, "Hey, you got accepted into Northwestern University, which good job, Buffy. That's that's a really good school. I, yeah, um, that's a good school." <laughs> so I am very proud of Buffy. I think the writers maybe went a little too far by choosing Northwestern as the school that Buffy got into. Um. Not that I think that Buffy couldn't get into Northwestern uh, if she, you know, didn't have all of her slaying duties. I do think she has the capacity for it. Um, But it's been pretty well established that um, Buffy's grades are okay at best. Um, And yeah, Northwestern is a really, really good school. And 
Harrison, are you angry because you didn't get into Northwestern? Uh, no, I've never... Well, I, I didn't apply for Northwestern for my undergrad, but I've been researching Northwestern for graduate school because um, they have a now, they have a program. So here's the thing. I'm really interested in. I also... Here's the thing. I was also looking into... Um, back when I was looking into uh, schools to possibly pursue a PhD at, mm-hmm. I believe the admissions process is a little stricter with for, um for not with with graduates because Which makes with sense. graduates because yeah especially because um some phd programs uh typically are fully funded by the university mm-hmm. as well as with a stipend and everything so you've got to you got to really be at the top of your game to get into those like uh uh but i think that's different compared to undergrad yeah. one one place i was looking to was a uh, boston university and uh, apparently the acceptance rate for that is fairly high, but that was for undergrad. Mm-hmm. However, I, lo- I researched the acceptance rate for the PhD astrophysics programs, and it's a lot smaller. But uh, yeah, but no, I, hey, I, I am giving props to Buffy for <laughs> this one, because Northwest University is a good school. Yeah. It says, so I just Googled, I guess I should specify undergrad, because... Um, for Northwestern's undergrad acceptance rate is 8%. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So, um, and I know that I know the graduate program is like really low. Like um, the program I'm interested in is a um, writing for screen and stage. And they accept um, like 10 applicants a year. Um, into that program. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, best of luck with that. Yeah. But regardless, like, I mean, this is a big yeah. deal for Buffy. And uh, it is. Um, and, unfortunately, um, Buffy can't really be excited about it, which is very sad. I, I find that very depressing. And, and Buffy tries, yeah, Buffy tries to uh, explain that to Joyce, but Joyce is still still really excited she wants to call up her family members who live in illinois probably to gloat (laughs) see okay so (laughs) guess who got accepted into northwestern literally she calls arlene which i'm i'm guessing is her sister she she just says it's your aunt arlene so it could technically be hank's sister but um i'm gonna guess it's it's joyce's sister Um, yeah i don't i don't see her being too chummy with hank's family uh especially if 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 her now, I have seen sometimes where even when a couple gets separated, they tend to keep up good relationships with the yeah. significant other's family. But I think that's very, <laughs> very uh, few and far between. Well, if Hank's family is anything like Hank. Um, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to keep up um, contact with them. But uh, so, yeah, she calls and she's like, Arlene, it's Joyce. How are you? And then she does not wait for an answer. Now, I know that part of this is just TV convention. As an audience, we don't give a shit how Arlene is doing. We don't, we've never <laughs> met Arlene. We're never going to see Arlene. We're never going to meet Arlene. It's, it is a waste of screen time to show Joyce waiting for an answer. But the way it plays out is just, how are you doing? You'll never guess what happened. Um, I, th- I like to see that um, as Joyce calling specifically to brag. Absolutely. It's like, is. how are you doing? Up, oh, don't care. Guess who got into Northwestern? <laughs> I picture Arlene having like a daughter who is like, 
like constantly like overachieving and Arlene's <laughs> always bragging to Joyce and Joyce is like, well, Buffy didn't get kicked out of school this week. And so this week Joyce is like, yeah, fuck you, Arlene. Let's call her, let's call her Claudia. Claudia. Arlene's daughter is Claudia, yeah. the overachieving student. Fuck Claudia. The overachieving cousin of Buffy. Fuck you, Claudia. Guess, guess what, Claudia? Buffy's got in a Northwestern. <laughs> it's the spinoff Mike show. drop. <laughs> the spinoff show. Claudia, the district attorney. <laughs> Uh, we've just made oh, a lot and... of assumptions about a character who never once appears on screen. <laughs> That's why we're here to fill in the ga- fill in the gaps. Who is um, Arlene? And Buffy and Buffy is on her way out, and Joyce says, "Oh, Buffy!" And Buffy's like, "Yeah, I know you're proud of me." She's like, "No, put my put my earrings back." <laughs> it's a great beat. It is. Is this, um, is that Joyce's go- only scene in this episode? I think it is. Uh, pu- yeah, I think you're right. Well, I love it. So much other crazy <laughs> shit goes on in this episode. Yeah. Um, I yeah, Joyce on fire. Uh, oh yeah, Joyce makes it count when she's on screen. Yeah. Um, speaking uh, of people it, who make it count, Principal Snyder. <laughs> For some reason, he is just on the prowl. For possible drugs. <laughs> like, to the point of just grabbing this guy's lunch. It's like, hey, that's my lunch. Oh, is that the new street talk or whatever? No, like, it's, no my it's my lunch. <laughs> uh, and he, like, dumps it out. And it's like, yeah, it's like a sandwich and, like, an apple or some shit. I don't think he dumps it out. I think I he guess... just looks into it. No, he looks oh. into it and then very shamefully hands it back slowly you're right you are right and then, I, and then he just says sit up straight and then walks away yes i'm projecting how i would have directed that scene and i would have had armin <laughs> shimmerman like shake it all out um but alas uh uh i am not james a contner um, well you can like t- you can tweet him and be like hey you know this is what i would have done for certain scene in the episode choices. 21 years ago, you directed this scene, and I think you made a mistake. Uh, let's fix that. Oh, man, this episode's old enough to drink. Yeah. It's crazy. Cheers. Cheers, um, choices. <laughs> Hope it's a good one. Yeah. Um, the drink of choice. Let me get um, a, a discussion between the trio of... Um, just kind of their futures. Um, Buffy also got accepted to uh, the the University of California, Sunnydale. Um, Sunnydale's expanding a little. I feel like every uh, every every season. Um, I, re- I remember in season one when it was a tiny it gets town, a little bigger. But uh, this yeah. week it gets its own airport and uh, and university, <laughs> um, specifically a branch of the University of California. That being said, that airport did look small. It did. It looked very and, tiny. Um, and there are there there are some smaller airports. Like uh, when I went to California, um, we actually went to uh, Santa Ana Airport, which mm. I was very happy for because I've heard the horror stories of LAX, and I'm very glad we didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it was like the John Wayne Airport in Santa Ana. Um, so. You know what? It does look like... Um, excuse me. So as we've discussed before, Sunnydale is located roughly where Santa Barbara is. And I just Googled, and Santa Barbara has a small airport. Um, 
I believe they have a college as well. Uh, and like UC Santa Barbara. There is a UC Santa Barbara. So my apologies, Sunnydale. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're apologizing to a fictional town. So, <laughs> so not only you're apologizing to something fictional, but also a town. Listen, I can apologize to it, anything I want. Yes, you can. It's actually refreshing to see you wanting to apologize <laughs> for something. <laughs> um. um but yeah, uh, and Willow is very happy that Buffy got accepted into uh, into Northwestern. Proud Willow is and, good Willow. Yeah, all, and Willow all Willow's is, uh, episode is good Willow. This is like yeah, one of my Willow the ha- best Willow episodes. It's a really good episode uh, showing just how far she's come, mm-hmm. and uh, Willow has been accepted to practically every mm-hmm. single school in on the planet including <laughs> oxford yeah she, which uh that's where the which, Nick giles is that's where the Nick giles is <laughs> so it's definitely she mentioned specifically oxford um mit um yale, yale and oh there's another one um and she doesn't she specifically doesn't mention harvard because when cordelia arrives to insult everyone she mentions is yale's just a dumping ground for people who couldn't get into Harvard. And Willow just goes, I got into Harvard. (laughs) (laughs) Which, um, by the way, Buffy probably lost some college fans at that. (laughs) Or Cordelia did at the very least. So like, oh God, how dare she say that about Yale? Go Bulldogs! (laughs) Um, Xander, as we've discussed, is not going to college. All right. I... I have obviously said a few things about Xander. I've made <laughs> my you? opinion I've made my opinion fairly well known about him. This has to be one of his douchiest episodes. <laughs> From the, the very first thing that he says to a lot of the things that he says to Cordelia throughout the episode mm-hmm. as well. And hey, I I know that Cordelia has spent a majority of her appearances in these last episodes basically just doing drive-by insults mostly directed at Xander. But here's the thing, the Zeppos seem to be setting Xander up for growth and that he's not letting the insults get to him. Yeah. But this week is seems especially vicious. Yeah. Um like especially them towards each other and to the point where Buffy and Buffy and Willow like say say yeah Cordelia's been mean but you're not helping anything you're just you're just adding fuel to the fire but so it it goes it makes even it has even more heft with me saying that this is one of his douchiest episodes <laughs> because he's been such a chad but he's like got his <laughs> chad going throughout this episode and it starts off with him Reading Jack Kerouac like a total fucking asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, and he. Um, I I will say though, I do. You know, he gets some ribbing in from the others, but I do appreciate that the show does treat Xander's choice of not going to college um, as as a viable option. Um, yeah, I, and I I wish it had done maybe a little more, um, especially now as we're in. You know, obviously the show could not have predicted the uh, student debt crisis and and the job markets that we have now. Um, but, you know, college isn't for everyone. 
and that's okay. Now Xander yeah. is being a bit of an asshole about it, but yeah, <laughs> but the, and uh, and again, I'm not. I am in no way saying that he's being an asshole and saying that he's lesser for not going to yeah. college. He's just an asshole because he's I'm, an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's being an asshole because he decided that he's going to pick the most obvious beat author and then <laughs> yeah. just make it seem like he's embracing that entire identity. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, of in Gilmore Girls when Rory's making a suggestion to Dean about something to read and Dean says, oh, well, I mean, you got to start reading some Hunter Thompson. I'm like, of course <laughs> you would recommend that. You can't even say his full name. Nobody calls him Hunter Thompson. Yeah. They call him Hunter S. Thompson. It's like... Gosh, Dean, could you have picked a more douchier book recommendation? <laughs> and again, like, I'm not saying anything towards people who are fans of Hunter S. Thompson. I'm not saying anything towards people who are fans of Jack Kerouac. Just don't be an asshole about mm. it because it is so easy to do that yep. with those opinions. Um, Cordelia, uh, you know, as we, her and Xander get into their sparring match... Um, she she lets out a couple of insults at uh, Willow as well that uh, just basically insulting each school. It doesn't work though because as we mentioned, Willow's just like I got into Harvard too. Like none of this bothers me. But what yeah. she says to Cordelia, um, do you mean to Buffy or to yeah? What she says to Buffy is mean, and it really it upsets is. Buffy. Um, and uh, I'm gonna I do have to say I love I love Cordelia, but. This was not cool because basically Buffy says something and Cordelia just turns to her and says, I'm sorry, Buffy, this conversation is reserved for those of us who actually have a future. Oof. Now, which is which is the thing that she struggles with for I mean, mm -hmm. she's been struggling with for a while. Yeah. Um, but this this does put Buffy on the path of being proactive yes. towards taking down the mayor. Which she does in... Did you have anything else to add? Um, I do, but I'm going to wait till next week because there's a lot of context for Cordelia's remarks in this episode and her actions yeah. in this episode that we're going to get more of next week. Um, yes. That is... Uh, and I've been talking about this. I've kind of been hinting at this for a while that um, there is more context for this, um, as you said, these kind of drive-by insults um, that we've not seen. It's been playing out off screen for Cordelia, which I do think was a mistake from the writer's side of things. Um, yeah. Cause it makes Cordelia come and we off only, as, we, and, we, and we get a hint at it at the end of, this at episode. the end of this episode. Yeah. At the end of this episode. But anyway, like I said, it, uh, this leads Buffy to wanting to take a more proactive approach to, and she starts off by talking to Wesley mm -hmm. and saying that she wants to leave. And before I get into this uh, scene, I actually really love the dress that Buffy's wearing in this scene. Which one it, is it? It's the long blue one. Yeah, yeah, it's very pretty. It, yeah, it, it it's a great, um, and seeing as how we're getting close to graduation day, I'm assuming that it's, uh, even though the episode's airing in May, I'm assuming that this is probably more like late April. Um, probably yeah so i feel like yeah i feel like uh in the uh sunnydale area in the santa barbara area this would be that would be kind of like the perfect little sundress to wear or something like that but yeah i i think it's it's really nice you don't see buffy i feel like you don't see buffy wearing dresses like that too mm -hmm. often um so it, it was nice it, it it was nice enough that it stuck out <laughs> to me i normally don't pick up on 
the fashion unless it's something Willow wears. Well, I we're not there yet, but I'm going to have some strong feelings about something Willow wears uh, in a later scene. Jeez, and anything having to do with overalls? Uh, no, actually. It's not the overalls. Oh, really? The overalls don't okay. bother me. Um, All right. I mean, they're, but, uh, they're overalls, but like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Buffy goes to Wesley, and she's basically in the middle of a conversation, but as... It happens to do in tra- in scenes that transition from one to another. She's reiterating what she said in the in the previous con- in the conversation that she's been having. She wants to leave at the end of the year, and she wants to um, she'll come back uh, during midterms during whatever breaks she can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she does want to go like try going to college somewhere else. And uh, Wesley, of course, is like, well, but you're a slayer. And and uh, and Giles is kind of wondering what's going on, and Buffy says, "I got into Northwestern." And we mentioned before how it's the little scenes between Buffy and Giles that we love. And here's another little one, like after this heated discussion that she's had with Wesley, yeah. and she's she actually does continue to have the heated discussion. Um, Giles does take a moment to say, "Like congratulations," like and. Yeah, it's one of those little things I put in my little heart pocket. (laughs) It's so sweet. Um, There's um, also a great bit when she's talking to Wesley where he says he has that line where he's like, you can't leave, you're the Slayer. And Buffy responds, I'm also a person. um, Because just reiterating that point that we've been making that the Watcher's Council... Um, in this case, represented they by Wesley. They see them as weapons. They yeah. see them as tools. They don't care what happens to Buffy. They don't care if Buffy gets to go to college, um, because that's not in their plan for her. That doesn't that doesn't work for um, for their agenda. Um, yeah, but Buffy, but, uh, uh, Buffy doesn't. Buffy, Buffy calls it out, and she's like, "That's bullshit." You know, I, yeah, I am a person. I should be able to make my own choices. Yep, and uh, and so Buffy says that, okay, if I can stop the Ascension, then what's left is just normal demon stuff that you guys can take care of. And so this leads her to tell Giles that she wants to be proactive, and Giles agrees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he says, so what's your plan? She's like, oh, um... <laughs> It's not enough to be peppy and go get him. Yeah. It's like, well, we should uh, we should do some surveillance, some reconnaissance, see what's going on. She's like, I knew that. <laughs> I thought you meant like something with maps, Ma- maps and stuff. <laughs> and so, uh, so she then decides to go and start doing some reconnaissance, mm. and uh, and of course Wesley stammers and protests. And no one cares. nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot in this episode. Um, and uh, so that night we go to the Sunnydale airport. Yeah. Once and, again, uh, my apologies, Sunnydale. This uh, this guy comes out in very fancy pair of shoes. <laughs> For a minute there, I almost thought it was uh, a, a character from a much later episode. And I thought, oh, yeah. no, there's no way that he'd show up here. <laughs> no. And it's not him. So sorry about that. Complete, completely worthless interjection there. 
But uh, he's carrying a very large, hefty box. And he carries it over to a limousine that a vampire who is working for the mayor is waiting at. And, and so this guy's like, oh, is he inside? And he's like, no, I'm taking it to him. That's what the vampire says. And, and this guy, this demon's like, uh, I don't like surprises. And so the price has just gone up, which then he gets an arrow in his chest. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Faith is just kind of standing there with a longbow. Thank, she's like, surprise! Thank God she's using a longbow and not the fucking crossbow that she and Buffy always insist on using, despite the fact that it's an extremely impractical weapon. Okay. <laughs> it's just... Gee, it sounded like you had to get something off your chest it's there. It's so impractical. It takes so long to reload your next your next arrow into them. They're... Uh, they look cool. And yet that's, they look cool. I get yeah, it. Yeah, that is... And I think that might be why Buffy and Faith go for it so often. It really does seem like the most badass weapon you can have outside of a missile launcher. <laughs> but the longbow is much more practical, much easier. To it work. really is. Um, but yeah, so now, now uh, they don't even have to worry about paying the mayor. Now the mayor doesn't even have to worry about paying this guy. So. Um. The mayor is so excited about this when he, when Buffy or when Faith tells him, she's like, "Oh, we were supposed to pay the guy." And she was like, "I made him an offer; he couldn't survive." And the mayor's like, oh, "By that's the way, hilarious! It is hilarious. That's a great line. It is a really good line. <laughs> <laughs> like all props, all props to that. Um, and here's another moment where, uh, where the mayor, um shows a little bit of his nasty side when uh, Faith starts trying to open the box and he immediately slams his hand on it and says, don't do that. Oh, see, and... I didn't read that as nasty. I thought, I I viewed that as more, um, well, like, aggressively na- protective. Like, No, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. I don't mean nasty towards Faith. I mean, kind of like a, it's a heel turn yeah. on his normal, calm, cold, collected demeanor. So maybe nasty isn't the right yeah. word. It's much more but, aggressive uh, than we usually see from him. Yeah, um, yeah. And he has another and, one later in the episode too. Um, yeah, after the and, box is and stolen. yeah, and uh, and we'll get to that. Uh, but as, as Faith is walking into City Hall to bring the box to the mayor, Buffy sees what she's doing, mm-hmm. and this leads her to. Uh, sneak into the limo and she's able to uh, to uh, interrogate the vampire and they and she comes back with legit info because in the library it's revealed that it's the box of Gavrock Mm -hmm. so this is where I want to talk about Willow because I wrote in my notes I took Willow what the fuck are you wearing all caps she should go to jail (laughs) that's that's how much i hated this it's a full-length dress oh i think i remember this literally from neck (laughs) to floor long sleeves um like like velvet i think or like a faux velvet um a weird kind of maroonish color with some sort of horrifying like vaginal imagery on the chest and it's like and it's like the skirt part of it is like it's all it's like the whole thing is like skin tight um so it doesn't look very like like easy to walk in or move in and it's ugly as fuck 
And I'm furious about <laughs> it. I'm so mad. And then she wears it on the mission, which seems like no wonder she got caught. She couldn't run away. Her dress was tripping her up. All right. <clears throat> I, I'm sorry. I can't get over this sh- should go to jail thing that you said. <laughs> Talk about strong reactions. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I did. I had a really strong, like, stronger than I did to the her doppelgangland outfit. But I think because I'm just like, I, uh, I'm so, like, that one is so iconic in my mind. That when I yeah. see this one, I'm like, oh, nightmare. <laughs> she should go to jail. <laughs> okay so anyway <laughs> Buffy finds out about the box of Gavrock and it apparently is a box that is full of demonic energy that the mayor has to chow down on Ugh. don't like that <laughs> yeah he's doing some box chowing oh <laughs> wow ah <laughs> Wow, wow. Okay, wow. Okay. Mm. All right. We're going to take a step back from that. Um, You should go to jail. (laughs) Fine, I'll be there with Willow in her nasty dress. (laughs) Just to make it clear, the mayor is not going to eat the box. He's going to eat what's in the box. Yeah, which is upsetting. (laughs) But... uh, Anyway, um, he has to consume this demonic energy the day of the ascension, and it's it's another, and we don't really know what form the energy is taken until later on in yeah. the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, Giles shows up with maps and stuff. Maps and stuff. Yeah, um, Buffy has uh, not only found out what it is, but also where it's going to be. It's going to be in a conference room on the top floor. And it's protected by magic. Mm -hmm. And so Buffy and Buffy, Willow, and Giles start putting a plan together. All the while, Wesley's like, wait, but what about, uh, wait, no, uh, but yes, but. Even Xander (laughs) contributes a little. He finds the fire escape, which is presumably where Willow exits. Um, I I I actually, uh, I actually think that's, that's the fire escape that, uh. The, the three of them, Buffy, Angel, and Willow, go oh, up that's how they go. to get uh, to the to get oh, to the yeah room. yeah yeah. I, but you... I think that's also supposed to be where Willow gets out. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, everyone's and, uh, contributing except Wesley. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, Giles points out that uh, oh, this spell should we should be able to destroy the box yeah. and. Uh, Xander immediately goes to get uh, the ingredients. He's the ingredient guy. Yep. Because they can't really trust him with anything else. <laughs> he's not going to be where the action is in this episode. No. Which I'm totally cool with. Uh, and at first, uh, at first, Wesley does think, have you forgotten that it's protected by magic? <laughs> ah, yes. People are listening to me now. But then they're like, oh, well, Willow can take care yep. of it. And so like, yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> Um, and you know, this is another a little bit of growth for Wesley as we, you know, we've said he's taken some incremental growth over. He's not completely useless. You know, he, he makes a good point. They did all forget that. Um, but, but yeah, they have a, they have a solution for it. So no big deal. Um, 
And I think the thing that annoys me the most about this is that he seems to be very against the idea, very against the plan Mm -hmm. to get the box, even against being proactive against the mayor at the very beginning of the episode. But then once they have the box and they have to do the trade for Willow, that's when he's adamant that they not do it. Yeah. So it's it's very opportunist of him, and I'm not a fan of it. I I it's not a good shade. <laughs> it's not a good shade on you. I uh, I agree to a point, but I do think you know, I do think one of his concerns is that they're rushing into this without considering everything, and he is right that they. I mean, the the plan goes south and Willow gets captured, um, but um. So I don't. I think he's a dick about it, but I don't think he's completely wrong. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll meet you halfway on that. <laughs> um, but uh, while Xander is going to get the supplies for the spell, he spots uh, Cordelia, who is holding up a dress, and uh, in the April Fool's clothing shop, which I completely forgot that was what the name of that shop was. I don't know that I ever knew that that was the name of that shop. <laughs> Because I think, I think we may have seen the sign in Band Candy, because I'm pretty sure that's oh, yeah. the store that Giles and, uh, and Joyce broke into right before they made sweet love on top of the cop car. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> We're not letting that go, because Buffy nope. sure hasn't. Nope, he will not. <laughs> um, yeah, he just and, can't resist. He, he just can't yeah. resist. And so he decides to... Uh, he decides to uh, take the offensive on this yeah. one. Like he's and looking seems... for more jello. He just goes right into that store to insult her. Yeah, which um, it almost feels like he's come up with good comebacks. Only it's much later <laughs> in the day. So your comebacks are kind of useless. Yep. But he, he basically says, oh, you know what? I bet your grades were there. But I bet you didn't get accepted into any colleges because... Well, you had to sit in for that interview, and once they had a couple minutes to talk with you, they realized that their spoiled, uh, no-crap princess um, quota's been filled. And this immediately makes uh, makes Cordelia just give her college admissions yep. to Xander. And some good schools in there. There was, um, they, they had a... There was USC, this... there was Duke, um... Oh, and Columbia was probably the big one. Yeah, Columbia. um, Colorado State University was the other one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, all of those, like, good colleges. So, yeah, so... And I feel like realistic colleges that uh, Cordelia could (laughs) get into. So, at this point, um, at this point, Xander should have just walked out knowing that, like, oh, I was wrong, maybe I shouldn't say this. Then he makes... I think the comment that pisses me off the most, um, just as well, looks like they know the brighter side of your daddy's checkbook mm-hmm. or something like that, or the brighter side of your daddy's bank account. Yeah. Then he leaves, and uh, well, no, he doesn't leave because that comment really pisses off Cordelia, and she tells him to get out. Like, oh yeah, yeah you're it's, right. Um, which is significant, <laughs> as we'll discuss later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, I, I think I was just kind of too... I, I was too pissed off by the comment that he made because he literally yeah. just... 
it's like he's reaching he's mm-hmm. reaching to tear down cordelia's accomplishments yeah that's and, shitty and yeah. especially when it is and and we say this even though cordelia did the exact same thing at the beginning of the episode to willow yeah um and to buffy and it was shitty when she did it <laughs> like it's yeah but um but it's particularly um this moment is particularly nasty i think because um I think Xander knows that she accomplished this on her own. It's been established that he he says she had the grades. It's been established that she tests well. Um, you know she's not stupid. Um, so yeah, this this whole him basically saying like you couldn't accomplish anything, and she was like, well, fuck you. Here's my here are my accomplishments. To to follow that up with, well, you definitely didn't do that on your own. You had to have daddy help. Like that's shitty it's yeah that is that is extremely petty um chat alert doesn't get much louder than that (laughs) um but uh yeah so we go back to um so buffy willow and angel are dropped off at city hall by wesley and giles in a van and they say oh we'll make a diversion just in case anything happens and uh and Wesley like is going on. I can't remember what he's going on about. I just know that uh, that Giles has a has a um, a thermos full of tea ready to go. He wants them to synchronize their watches. Oh, synchronize the watches! And then everyone the watches, holds yeah. up their wrist to show they are not wearing watches. And he's just like, "What the fuck, you guys?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then I like I, I like the little cutback to um the library where uh Xander and Willow or excuse me Xander and Oz are trying to uh, get everything set up for the spell that's mm-hmm. going to destroy the box and uh, and they comment on Willow's very detailed instructions and how <laughs> they made like and how she made stick figures of both Xander and Oz. He's like, well, how do you know that which one's which? It's like, oh, that's me with the guitar. <laughs> uh, and he's like, yeah, nobody like my Willow. It's so sweet. Um, yeah, and a good, um, uh, just smart writing to have that like a really cute uh, Willow Oz moment uh, to connect us to Oz's actions later in the episode. Yeah, big, uh, big show of expression Mm -hmm. in uh it's a very powerful moment specifically because it's a huge show of emotion from a character who doesn't show a lot of emotion um yeah it stands out um but you know before we get to that (laughs) let's uh let's get to the actual uh mission impossibleness of it all (laughs) and um and uh willow is able to uh destroy the spell that is uh over the box and uh, they open up the skylight, and there's a harness and a pulley, and so uh, Buffy. So they this is when they tell Willow to go ahead. Okay, you did your part. Now get out of here. Yeah. Um, and Angel starts lowering Buffy down by rope. And hey, you know what? They were good to get the uh, they were good to get the magical alarms out of the way. They just kind of forgot, you know, the regular <laughs> the alarms. alarms. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, uh, of course, when Buffy grabs the box, that causes an alarm to go off, and two vampires to show up, uh, ready, ready to do some fighting. Uh, 
I I like that the way they use in this fight sequence, the way they use Buffy still like on the harness in the fight scene. Um, yeah. But I wish that had gone on longer. Like I wish she'd stayed and like I, I don't know. I wish they'd found a way to keep that you keep using that harness in the choreography for this fight. Um, because it st- it stood out as something different that we've not really seen uh, from yeah. the fight choreography. In addition, in addition to that, um, another thing that I really like about this fight is that when you introduce a prop, I feel like that can that totally changes how the fight goes down. Mm-hmm. And in this, you had the box as a prop, mm-hmm. and I think it worked really well um, with. Because it had it, it led to like different moments in fighting. Because yeah. I feel that the majority of the fighting that's done in Buffy is typically hand to hand stuff. With um, the only weapon usually being either some kind of some kind of knife or a stake. And yeah. so it was really nice to kind of have like just that one prop kind of changed up the fighting style. Yeah. Also. Angel had this really badass looking, though I don't know how effective it would be, <laughs> kit move where he he lands on the table. He basically gets up on the table, slides along it on his back, and then uses the table to launch a kick at uh, one of the vampires who's not fighting Buffy. And like, that's cool. It, I don't know if anybody would ever do yeah. that, but that's cool. <laughs> I don't know about the logistics of it, but it did look cool. There is also a great moment that I really loved where there, uh, he's on one side of the conference table as the other vampire. The vampire grabs a chair and chucks it at him, and he grabs it like and he takes it and, and just sla- it Yeah, it looked great. It was. Uh, it was. I just thought generally this was a pretty good fight scene. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, like he's using the boxes both like there's both this like we got to keep the box away from these guys, but also like here, smash them in the face with it a little bit. Yeah, um, no, it, it was really fun was to cool. watch. And uh, and for a while, it looks like everything works out. Yep. Like they get the box, they and they get out of there. And um, so they hide in the bushes and uh, Giles and Wesley um are able to draw the vampires away just by driving off um so um, i just realized i forgot a, a reference we were talking about the box so much but when buffy goes to interrogate that vampire earlier she's her line is what's in the box what's in the box <laughs> um yeah. which this would have been seven was what 96 i think May have been ninety seven. Yeah, so not not too long. Seven still would have been a uh, pretty cultural uh, uh, milestone, I guess. So the thing is, I've never actually seen that movie in its entirety, oh, really? but I also have had like, I think at this point I know every single twist just because it is such a pop culture yeah. thing. It's kind of like if you if you know the ending, uh, like. At this point, I feel that kids today or people who don't watch a lot of movies are more likely to know the ending of The Usual Suspects mm-hmm. or Fight Club than having actually seen the movie. Yeah. So I would say um, that Seven, um, even if you know the ending, is a strong enough film just on oh, its no, own. I'm... Whereas yeah, I, I would say The Usual Suspects relies on its twist. So if you know the twist, the, that movie know, is kind of just like... You know, that being said... Eh. 
That being said, um, I think last year I watched that movie for the second time, mm-hmm. and I actually, I actually knowing the twist, I it made me appreciate the writing even more. Um, and I think it's still a great movie. I don't think anything is lost, and I think, I, I think that applies to Fight Club too. I like, agree. if you know that, yeah, if you know the twist. When you go back and revisit the movie, you get to think, oh, that was clever. I see what they did there. See, I don't think I knew the twist of The Usual Suspects uh, specifically, but I guessed it pretty early on in the movie. Um, probably because I, ha- I had picked it up somewhere, but hadn't realized, like, hadn't yeah. quite made that connection or had seen, like, a parody of it. So I spent the entire movie kind of just being like, uh, but I've already figured it out. Like... Um, so I do want to go rewatch it from that mindset of like, yeah, I just know what this is. So maybe I can appreciate that a little more. Um, with Fight Club, I knew that twist going in um, and okay. had and just no, I had no issues enjoying that movie um, just because it's a strong movie just, just yeah. on its own um, with or without the twist. Um, and I, I think I think you would like Seven. It is... Um, it's moody AF. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 um I've attempted to watch it a couple of times, and it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that normally when I watched it, I would be tired mm. from something, and uh, it's, that's it, it. It's exhausting. It, 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 no, no, it did. It felt exhausting. <laughs> like I think I got to the part where um, like the guy they think the guy's dead <gasps> on the bed, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and then he like isn't dead. And which, uh, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler, but it's re- also really early on yeah. in the movie. Also, that's um, an old movie. <laughs> yeah, also it's an old movie. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's the last thing that I remember getting to in the fir- in the first time I had it. That's so fair. I think uh, you know what I will try to um, I will try to watch seven in its entirety before the next episode of Booze and. Oh, Blade. okay. <laughs> I will try. Um, I, 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 can't, I obviously can't do it. Like, we're obviously going to be filming this a little later from now because I've got, like, some crazy busy stuff to deal with. But um, I own it, so it's no big deal. Yeah. I, yeah, I own a copy of it. Anyway, what were we talking about? The uh, mayor's <laughs> hissed. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is this is kind of what I've been alluding to so much. Um, it, it's... I think seeing the mayor legit angry... Mm-hmm is kind of more frightening than all the weird shit that he has in his cabinet. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's very mad. But then Faith reveals that, hey, guess what? I got Willow. Uh, This is a really good reveal because, um, as we learn, we assume that Willow was with Giles and Wesley in the van. um, And Buffy and Angel, excuse me, Buffy and Angel made that same assumption. Wesley and Giles assumed that Willow was with Angel and Buffy. Um, so they don't even realize that Willow's been caught. We don't realize that Willow's been caught until um, they get back to they the library. To the library and we get this reveal of Faith uh, holding Willow at knife point. Um, it, it, it works really well. It's a good, it's a good reveal. It's a... Um, and, you know, as the audience, we're going like, oh, yes, we did it. This plan went off perfectly. And then the bottom falls out when we realize Willow didn't get away. And uh, this leads to uh, 
scene in the library where everybody is um it, one everybody's really feels really bad mm-hmm. that they allowed this to happen yep. and um but then buffy says you know what we got to set up a trade um will the box for willow and that's when wesley comes in saying absolutely not we stop the ascension if we destroy this box and uh that's when um they get into a needs of the many outweigh the needs of the mm-hmm. few argument and everybody's just kind of yelling at each other and then oz gets up and just smashes the pot that they had set up for the ritual mm-hmm. and Ooh. yeah i, got, I just, just got chills when you said that just you just you describing it i was like ooh, um because it, it's still yeah powerful. no and you're right it, it's it speaks volumes mm-hmm. and that is literally the one thing that could have stopped all of that, mm-hmm. all of that arguing and bickering. That was, and yeah, and so then like make the call, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> not much more to say than that. Like, yeah. like, like Oz, the point is across. Yeah, I love the way it's filmed because you do get um, the whole scene. Oz is just sitting there silently, and he doesn't say a word throughout this entire scene. Um, and he, um, when, when he makes, I guess, makes this decision, he's sitting behind Buffy and the camera is kind of focused on Buffy and just behind her, he just stands up, walks and just walks out of the frame. And then the next cut is to him walking to the thing and just smashing it. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't say anything after that. Like, um. He just kind of looks at Buffy and that's when, yeah, that's when Buffy has that line where she just says, Giles, make the call. Um, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It is. Um, it also kind of makes me uh, think about, uh, I said the needs of the many uh, versus the needs of the mm-hmm. few, or in this case, the one. The one. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it. and I was talking before about um, hating that Wesley makes this argument um, especially because it's the, they're having this argument because of something that he was against from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's really hard to make those decisions. It is because it's an emotional decision. Yeah. And it is, and, I mean, I would argue that Wesley is technically right. Um, you know, he was against the plan to achieve, to receive the box, retrieve the box because, he didn't think it would they would succeed, but they did succeed. And so he's like, well, we went through all of that. We have this thing that will prevent the ascension now. We cannot give it up just for Willow. And that pisses me off. How every- dare he say right. that about his future wife? <laughs> um, and, you know, I think we... As the, the, not in the show, by the, the way, everybody. Yeah. Like, the, the actors. IRL, IRL. Um, IRL. He is... You know, obviously that elicits such an emotional response from these other characters who deeply, deeply love Willow. And from us, the audience, who also deeply love Willow. Um, and I um, I think it's right that Oz is the one to end the argument. It, yeah. it makes the most sense. Because, um, I, you know, I do think, I do think after a bit of arguing... I think maybe Giles could have been persuaded to to see Wesley's side. Giles has had that so, pragmatism. A thing, a thing that I, I just remembered, and probably the reason that I'm so against Giles or Wesley at this point is because 
I think he does try to tell Buffy that, like, oh, this is what you wanted. You wanted to stop the mayor and you wanted your future. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, like, dangles that in front of Buffy yeah. to make his point. And I think that's what sets me off yeah. about no, it. No, that's fair. And it, well, Buffy, too. Buffy's like, fuck you when he yeah. says that to her. Um, so, yeah. Um, but you know what? That's what makes good TV is these, like, very realistic, Indi- yeah, no. like, oh, I love yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's good shit. You know what else uh, makes good TV? Uh, Willow Nancy drawing the fuck out of her captivity. Like, <laughs> I love this. Well, let's say half Nancy Drew, half Cosima from <laughs> Orphan Black. <laughs> yes. Um, this. Uh, so she's trying to escape, uh, and a vampire guard comes to like stop her, and she has a. Um, she has a line where she's like, "You're you're not allowed to eat the hostage or something like that." That, oh, um. yeah. Well, she says like, "What are you do- What are you doing? I'm looking for some sucking candy." Because first of all, who says that? <laughs> and I think she said it just so that it would lead to the line. Now I'm noticing that sucking probably isn't the best word to use around vampires. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. And yeah, he goes to bite her, and she uh, magics a fucking pencil right through his heart. But yeah, so then, uh, so then Willow gets to the mayor's office um, after she sees uh, Faith and the mayor leave, and uh, she opens up his nasty ass cabinet. <laughs> that um, and you know, it's nasty in referring to the things that are in it, not in yes, the um, it's impeccable, not in the order of it, because it's, yeah, it's actually fairly well ordered. <laughs> um, and she finds a secret button that opens up a panel where the books of Ascension are, and so she sits there um, trying to read through them, and uh, she does this until Faith walks in. She's like, "Oh, you know, anybody else would have." tried just clawing their way out of here but no you just can't stop nancy druin Mm -hmm. willow basically tells faith to fuck off uh yeah like um faith is expecting the oh we're still your friends and everything but then willow says uh no guess what you blew it and continuing used to be i was gonna say continuing willow's trend of being like (laughs) not giving any room for faith (laughs) yeah no she says you had great friends, including Buffy, and now you've got nobody, and Faith just clocks her. It's the same exact nerve that Buffy hit in Enemies when Buffy has that line of, um, you know what they call people like you, Faith? Loser. Loser. Um, because that is that is her fear. You know, what Willow is saying to her, that is exactly what she's afraid of. And um, yeah, she hits her, and... You know, Faith is like, you hurt me, I hurt you, I'm just more efficient. And Willow, god damn it, Willow's just like, oh, and here I thought you just didn't have a good comeback. <laughs> like, yeah. God damn it, Willow. Willow's balls are like fucking brass. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. I think it's later at the, on, though. Willow does admit to Buffy. She was like, no, that was scary as fucking shit. Like... <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, I am very impressed with Willow's fortitude in this. Um, All props to Willow for standing her ground. And um, the mayor, however, shows up and says, oh, I just received the most interesting call. So they set up the exchange in, where else? The The Sunnydale Cafeteria. 
Obviously, and, uh, the best place for it. And they lock all the doors except the front door. And um, this leads to the mayor and his guards walking in with Faith and Willow. And I really, really like this because it's literally the first time that Buffy and the mayor meet in person. Which I always forget. Like, it it feels like they should have met earlier, but it also feels right that they're meeting now. Yeah, and... That's one of the big things I really like about this episode. We talked about how, oh, there's been build up to it, uh, especially after kind of in in terms of, in respect to this story, there was mm-hmm. slow build up uh, throughout the first half of the season. Yeah, but in now there has been we, we talk about the build up. We talk about everything getting set into place, but now I feel like this story is really just popping, running on running on full steam and how well it's running is shown in this scene and just throughout the yeah. episode um yeah we reach a we reach a really great point and uh yeah and the mayor uh goes on just a long tirade about uh how you know buffy and angel can't really be together mm-hmm. um and uh he doesn't understand why uh he he does he does throw a little shaded Buffy though with um <laughs> with the whole like oh so this is the uh this is the girl's been giving me so many problems Angel like I gotta say you gotta question your taste a little right? bit she's a little thin and like jeez yeah what an asshole um, yeah <laughs> uh, and he tells a story about uh his, his wife having um you know not having the uh the long long life that he had and you know he stayed the same age while she aged and hated him for it at the end um and you know obviously creating a very specific parallel between Buffy and Angel um and yeah as you said he just he's basically saying like this is un- untenable that's the word I wanted earlier Okay. This is untenable. Um, They uh, just, you know, outside of that, there's also, yeah, he could lose his fucking soul. Like, um, they, uh, you know, it's, yeah, he's, he's a villain, but that doesn't make him wrong. And, you know, it's a lot of this, um, a lot of this, uh, a lot of the themes of this that the Buffy Angel relationship has shown involves growing up. Yeah. Um, well, like we see that in Surprise and Innocence, we see that in um, in Becoming, mm-hmm. and this is a um, and this is another. We see it in Amends, and this is yeah. another important moment where, and that's kind of the end of Buffy and Angel's relationship on at at least um, being in the same place together because, I mean, it's not really a spoiler by now to say that Angel does eventually (laughs) leave um, because we kind of got that that spinoff sized shadow over there. But, um, But yeah, and it's... I think one of the hardest things to realize uh one of the and it's a huge part of growing up 
is to realize that relationships, whether they be friendships or romantic relationships, sometimes they they don't work. Yeah. And or they 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 can't work. They're intenable. Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And um, to use that word, you were so happy to find. <laughs> um, and uh, you have to you have to come to terms with that because it's so easy to stay in a relationship that even if it doesn't work, it's also familiar. It's also mm-hmm. comforting. And a huge thing, a huge step to take as an adult is to cut off those friendships or end that relationship um, because it's better for both of you in yeah. the long run. Yeah. Agreed. That was very, very well said, Jason. Thank you. I have had a little bit of experience. (laughs) Um, So they make their trade. It goes pretty smoothly until... (laughs) Principal Snyder! (laughs) He's like, I knew it. I knew you all were dealing drugs. (laughs) (laughs) So... I think at this point, if Buffy were any were um, at a higher level of piss, she would have immediately gone into like calling him a troll again. <laughs> but I, I love just how dumb Snyder comes off in this scene, especially when the mayor reveals himself. He's like, Mayor Wilkins. Yeah. <laughs> and the mayor's just like oh but, gosh i am what must you think of me right now like <laughs> oh golly gee golly gee golly gee willikers uh however um one of the uh so one of the security guards that principal snyder's brought in with him uh grabs the box and <laughs> opens it up mm-hmm. in a very large the Buffy wiki says beetle. I was kind of thinking more along the term. I thought it was more kind of spidery. Oh, I thought but I it guess was now that I think about it, I think, yeah, I think like it was shell. like six legs. Yeah, I think so. It did seem like it had six legs too. So they yeah. wisely kept it, this scene pretty dimly lit uh, to uh, yeah. hide some of that CGI work. Also, I think it just it. I think it adds a better um, atmosphere mm. to it. I, yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah, most people don't like creepy crawly things. People really don't like creepy crawly things in the dark, yeah. and they really um, don't like creepy crawly things in the dark that eat your face. Yeah, <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and uh, one of them actually latches onto the mayor, but of course, the mayor is still yep. in, impervious. And uh, he, that's revealed to Snyder and to uh, everybody else, even though Angel had kind of already let them in on it. But yeah. now they're seeing it firsthand. And um, one of them get one of them gets on Buffy's back. Buffy's able to like uh, she basically just immediately throws herself just onto her back to squash on it. the ground. Yeah, uh, yeah, which smashes it. And then um, another one's crawling up the uh, wall behind Wesley and Faith takes her new her fancy new knife <laughs> and uh tosses it and just good shot like yeah. hits that bug right there wesley definitely um, thinks he's she's gonna throw the knife at him um which is an interesting heart of a lion uh, that <laughs> it is an interesting beat to add in there this this fear that she will um and then the fact that she doesn't um 
I don't really know what to make of that, but I, I, I do think. Well, it's they do have that little beat at the very end where, like, this is kind of the first time that, um, uh, this is the first time that uh, Faith sees the entire Scooby Gang, True. um, in a while, and she does hesitate a little bit before like running off with the mayor yeah that's true um but uh before that happens um the uh since both of those beetles got killed um the box is closed up the mayor takes it and he's like yeah so there are about 50 billion of these happy little critters in there and uh and he's like sure you don't want me to open it again and so he leaves and then faith now it's the buffy wiki says that she reluctantly leaves behind the knife but, um, I don't know. I like to think that she's kind of looking at the Scooby gang and not just the mm. knife. Yeah. But, um, she, I, I it probably could I be say, either way. It could be two things. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, look at all those guys that used to be my friends and Wesley. <laughs> oh, but look at that <laughs> knife. Damn, I really like that knife. <laughs> um. And, uh, this leads to the best line in the episode when Buffy says, Snyder, are you alive in there? And he says, he's holding up a chair, trying to defend himself from the bugs. And he says, why couldn't you all be dealing drugs like normal people? And then slowly leaves the cafeteria, still holding up the chair. God damn it, I love Principal Snyder so much. He's great. He's great. Armin Shimmerman. Cheers. Just the best. Um, Back at the library, uh, Willow... um, Willow just kind of fills the gang in on her side of what happened. And um, Giles is like pressing her, like, do you know, like, what did you read in the book of Ascension? And Willow's like, oh, I don't, it was really complicated. I don't know. And then Giles is like, ugh. And then she's like, but maybe you can get something from these. And she just hands and, over the, and, a bunch of pages that she tore out. And Giles has this look on his face that clearly says out loud that's my girl yeah he's like, so proud he's, uh, he's so proud um and um wesley you know wesley kind of tells you know buffy basically like you know we're right where we started um which isn't really true though they they've got a little more to go on with the information that willow managed to get um yeah and then we um we get this scene with uh Buffy and uh Willow where Buffy basically is like you know what there's always going to be big bad evil in Sunnydale even if we stop the mayor so i'm going to go to UC Sunnydale and um Willow has decided the same thing and the first i remember the first time i watched this being like kind of irritated by this revelation i was like yes i get it they need to keep willow on the show but i was like god that kind of sucks for willow that she's having to settle and buffy says basically the same thing but i really really love willow's reason for why she decided she's made this decision and um uh this is what willow says i've got the quote here because buffy basically says you don't need to do that for me and Willow says, actually, this isn't about you, although I'm fond, I'm fond don't get me wrong. <laughs> the other night, you know, being captured and all, facing off with Faith, things just got kind of clear. I mean, you've been fighting evil here for three years, 
and I've helped some, and now we're supposed to decide what we want to do with our lives, and I just realized that's what I want to do. Fight evil, help people. I think it's worth doing, and I don't think you do it because you have to. It's a good fight, Buffy, and I want in. Um, that last line, the I think it's worth doing, and I don't think you do it because you have to, is, ooh, that's a that's a good line. It's powerful. Um, yeah. And then Buffy says, I kind of love you. And then I was like, and besides, I have a shot at being a badass Wicca. What better place to learn? Um, so, yeah, I love the way they contextualize this decision that Willow has made. And then yeah. Willow, Buffy, and then Buffy says, like, I can't let you do it. And Willow says, well, fun fact, uh, I'm the boss of it's me. It's not your choice. And yeah, yeah, and we get this, yeah, we get this theme of choices again. And this is Willow's decision. This is the choice Willow is making. Um, and she hasn't made it lightly. Um, and so I I love that. I love the agency that Willow shows in this, even though it is partially just they need to keep her on the show. So she needs to go to the college in town. But it's a really good way of getting her there. Yeah. And I especially like the fact that um, it also goes to show the influence that Buffy has mm-hmm. had. And she's done more than just killed a bunch of monsters she's done that a lot but she has had a positive influence on at least one person yeah um and uh and obviously um she has positive influence on several other people in the scoobies and there's an even a better moment uh regarding this which we'll get into next week and i'm so eager to talk about it but uh when you were talking about like just this whole thing um and making a making choices that are because obviously oh if you get accepted into oxford or an ivy league school then that means people then that means a lot of people assume they're like oh you got to go here and you got to pursue um something that intellectual people would pursue Mm -hmm. it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of um and i'm pretty sure i've told this i know i've told the story to you before I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast at all, but, uh, you know, when I was in, um, when I was in high school, I was doing very well at like math and science and everything. And, uh, I got good grades all around. Um, but specifically, well, like that's what I enjoyed. I enjoyed the math and the sciences. And so my guidance counselor said, oh, well clearly, I mean, a career in medicine should be what you're looking towards because I mean, make a lot of money, help a lot of people. And, uh, I, of course, uh, so that's, I kind of like thought in my head, yeah, you know, that seems the logical decision. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college, I started a pre-med track. Um, there wasn't specifically a pre-med program. It's just, oh, um, these classes are what are recommended as mostly like biology and chemistry. And, um, and so I kind of stuck with that until my sophomore year when I realized that, one I hated organic chemistry so <laughs> so much, um, but also um, I really liked physics. I really liked space and astronomy, and I found out that hey, there is a program for that. And um, there were quite a few times when I thought, I mean, I'd love to study physics, but would I be letting down, you know, people who thought would I not be fulfilling my potential? Mm-hmm. Would I be letting people down if I decide to, you know, just not even go for medical school at all? And um, the truth is, is that it it wasn't about 
what other people expected of me. Yeah. It wasn't about what what I was supposed to do. It was always about what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's it's true. You can like you can do a job that you um that you make a lot of money for in the end it seems to be the best future for you. But I in the end I chose to study something that I really liked and I think that um even though I'm not exactly where one would hope to be who really enjoys astrophysics, I feel that the choices that I have made have led me to a really good point in my life and I have a really good job more than likely because of all this experience that I had pursuing this line of study. So yeah, yeah like it, it, it brought that up. And I mean, mm-hmm. if there, if you ever feel like to all our listeners, if you ever feel like you're in something because somebody expects it of you, then that's that shouldn't be the only reason that you do something. Yeah. Like find something that fulfills you. Find something that you take enjoyment out of, and uh, and yeah, it doesn't have to specifically be for college. Mm-hmm. It can be just for jobs. It can be for interests. Yeah. Just just do something that you love. So. I, I'm going to piggyback off of that with what I alluded to at the top with my college kind of trajectory. Um, I was, um, my senior year of high school, I was uh, accepted into uh, Roosevelt University uh, as part of their, um, their they have a, an arts conservatory, the Chicago School for the Performing Arts, um, or college for the performing arts. I don't remember exactly. Um, but I was, I was accepted as an acting major. Um, it was a really big deal. I was so excited. Um, it was a pretty, um, pretty selective, uh, 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 school, um, uh, pretty small, like incoming class sizes for their drama majors. And I, uh, shortly before I was, uh, supposed to leave, I was in August, I found out that, um, a lot of the financial aid I was going to be relying on, uh, wasn't going to happen. And, um, my family at the time was in a, a place where they couldn't help me, uh, financially with like student loans or anything. Um, and a couple family members who could have were uh, unwilling, we'll say. Um, and so it was like August. Um, and I was just like, I didn't have a place to go to school. And I ended up enrolling at uh, IUS, which is uh, Indiana uh, University Southeast. Um, mostly because it was there. Um, and they were still accepting like late applications and um, I could get, because we live so close to Indiana, Louisville residents got in-state tuition, so it was pretty cheap. And yeah, I did that for like a semester and a half, but I was I was just so unhappy. I was like, um, and this is not anything against IUS. It's a very good school. I just, it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, yeah, it wasn't the right fit. Yeah, and um, so I dropped out uh, my second semester, and I stayed out of school for about a year until I found a program, uh, a creative writing program that I really liked that I ended up enrolling in and uh, doing online and getting my, uh, got my degree that way in creative writing, which has been uh, more of a track that I've been interested in pursuing uh, a little more than acting. 
um, which is when I was 18, I don't think you could have convinced me that I'd, uh, I'd be less interested in acting and I still do enjoy acting, but, um, not with as much passion as I did when I was that young, um, or with as much passion as I, I enjoy writing. So yeah, that's my, my, that was my college trajectory. Um, yeah, I also, I'm trying to remember. I also applied for and got into Western Kentucky university, Northern Kentucky university, uh, Loyola of Chicago and Xavier. I didn't go to any of those schools, <laughs> but Hey, like, I mean, what your decisions have led you to where you are yeah. now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, COVID aside, you're pretty happy. Yeah, I uh, yeah, COVID aside, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, it's funny. Sometimes, uh, I, t- I we talk about we talked about that before because John has been like, you know, I I really hate that that happened to you and that you didn't get to follow that specific dream. And he's like, but if you'd gone to Chicago, like we probably wouldn't have met. Um, and yeah, so you know, and here we are now. Entertain us. Yep. uh so well the lights (laughs) out (laughs) so cordelia um uh we get her we see cordelia back at the store uh posing in front of a dress um so never mind i'm gonna keep my thoughts about this dress until next episode i'll just um i uh but we get a uh kind of a twist here where um, the manager of the store comes in and yells at her for um, slacking off. Uh, Cordelia needs to get back to work. Um, so she's working at this, yeah. uh, at April Fool April clothing Fool. store. Uh, her boss, uh, oh gosh, I should have looked up the actress's name, um, but her boss, the actress who plays her, plays General Beckman in, uh, in Chuck. Uh, any Chuck fans out there? I think... General Beckman's that character's name. Uh, she plays Chuck's boss. Bonita. Frederici. Wow. Bonita Frederici. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frederici. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting that <laughs> that actress's name. She pops up in like a lot of stuff. Like I think she's in like a Gilmore Girls episode. Um, like a lot of like one-off roles and TV shows. Uh, yeah and yeah general beckman in uh chuck was like her big like recurring role um i really really liked her on that show she had a uh, extremely dry sense of humor um but um and then like the final episode or the final <laughs> scene in the episode is uh is buffy and angel uh sitting and talking about uh what the mayor said and they're like oh well you know what he's evil he he doesn't know but uh they're both very uncertain about it and obviously the uncertainty is going to be huge in uh in their relationship going forward for the next couple episodes yeah and yeah we kind of end or don't we don't kind of end we do end on that kind of melancholy uncertainty between these two um and yeah uh choices um yeah I I think this is I think this is a really strong episode. I think it we get the mayor and faith plot in like really going in at full force with it. Um I think the emotional beats uh 
of like Willow, uh, not Willow, uh, Buffy contemplating her future, whether that be college, whether that be her relationship with Angel, um, even what that means for her friendship with Willow. Um, it all that all of that works for me. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think this is a really good episode. I think, um, and it, like you said, it really sets up a lot of what we're going to be getting in, uh, uh, as we go into the last three episodes of the season. Gosh, it's kind of crazy. It does feel crazy. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, for me, this episode is, uh, four out of five, a face eating beetles. I am going to give it a four out of five really cool looking knives. Yeah, that's that bitch is sick. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy this episode. I, I really think this is um this is getting into the meat, of pota- meat and potatoes of what we've been uh, of what we've been leading up to all this mm-hmm. time. So I'm very excited to see uh, to see all the evil stuff move forward and uh also like it's cool seeing the whole buffy gang together the whole scooby gang together and they're they're doing like now and now buffy has met the mayor so now it's real yeah yeah um so it's on it is on like donkey kong um all right uh any final thoughts from from you jason no, I feel like I, I feel like I went on quite. I rambled quite a bit in <laughs> yeah. this episode, so we had a lot to talk. We had a lot to talk about uh, with this one, um, and oh, oopsie doopsie! I uh, I was just looking at the script I sent you for the outro and realized I got. I uh, know I already noticed. It, okay, so I'm you've, good. you've corrected. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I'm good. All right, um, I'll take us out. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with an episode I've been really looking forward to, The Prong. Mm. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Oh, I hope no one gets blood dumped on them and then destroys us all at The Prom. Uh, mm. I, <laughs> I'm Harrison. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Special guest star, Sissy Spacek. <laughs> oh my God, I'll call her up real quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman uh, or on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's uh, C-O-F-F-M-A-N. If you want to hear my thoughts on horror films, uh, you can uh, find my blog, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. When this episode is released, I'll have just posted my review of Jordan Peele's Us, uh, which, as I mentioned to Jason earlier, I'm going to go finish writing after we finish up recording. (laughs) Um, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. You can find us on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out. The and out is spelled A-N-D. out. God damn it. I used to be good at that. Gonna... <laughs> it's okay. I got you, bro. You can also find us on YouTube where we will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. We very much appreciate any feedback you could get. Especially us. if it's nice. Uh, 
Yeah, we, we will take the praise. <laughs> Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. Uh, this week, we're going to highlight the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Established in 1987, the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, TMCF, is the nation's largest organization exclusively representing the black college community. TMCF member schools include the publicly supported historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, and predominantly black institutions, PBIs. Woof. There are a lot of acronyms in here. Um, uh, Through through scholarships, uh, capacity building, uh, and research research initiatives, innovative programs, and strategic partnerships, TMCF is a vital resource in the K-12 and higher education space. The organization is also a source for top employers seeking top talent for competitive internships and good jobs. Please visit www.tmcf.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Adios, muchachos. Bye-bye.